welcome to the Plus 6 Podcast. My name is Pete and I go by the name of AFR Ratings Pete on Twitter. Episode 28 will be a solo podcast. On behalf of Jeppa and I, we hope this podcast finds you and your family in good health. Plans for the Plus 6 Podcast. We'll continue the Plus 6 Podcast on a weekly basis. We'll keep the conversation going on football. We've obviously got a few weeks remaining at the very least with no footy. The goal for Jeppa and I is to remain sharp and alert for our listeners, so that when footy returns, we are fully equipped to crush. I will break down the round one centre bounces over episodes 27, 28 and 29, plus provide updates in a changing environment. Sifting through all the reporting on April 22nd, 2020, this is how I see most relevant topics impacting a return for footy and therefore a plan going forward for fantasy platforms. It seems as though footy is set for a return, but just even announcing a return date has so many layers. The Victorian government is currently in a state of emergency until May 11. The AFL will likely need an exemption to be aligned with the lifting of any restrictions which will likely be decided in the days leading up to May 11. Victoria is home for 10 AFL teams. The AFL is likely working on game scenarios in several cities and will likely seek exemptions in every city to ensure minimal delays if one or more cities goes into a harder COVID-19 lockdown. Initially, the AFL didn't have this in place prior to round one and once states started announcing travel restrictions, the AFL had no choice but to suspend the season. The exemptions will provide an outlet and a backup plan to move cities. Again, the AFL considering several locations with state government exemptions is smart. Games don't have to be played everywhere, just permission to play provides ultimate flexibility. The T20 World Cup cricket is scheduled for October. At this stage, it is going ahead, but the AFL delaying an announcement to mid-May allows for their potential cancellation during this time, thus allowing the AFL to use main venues well into October. This also gives an opportunity for crowds, if allowed, to attend the main stadiums late in the year. A Friday, June 12 return requires training to resume on May 22. That gives every team a three-week lead-in period which likely has support. A mid-May announcement still fits the timeline for a mid-June return. Obviously, an announcement for a later start is well within timeframes. There is no immediate rush for announcements. As long as the COVID-19 infection rate remains low, 40 years of returning, and that means a restart for fantasy games. But then, fixturing will impact decisions for fantasy platforms. If the AFL schedule and October finish, the possibility of a round-by-round fixture is still possible. If not, we're going to see teams play multiple games in a shorter period of time, thus creating an overlap between rounds. Previously on the Plus 6 podcast, last week on episode 27, I went through the CBAs from Richmond v Carlton, Western Bulldogs v Collingwood, and Essendon v Fremantle. This week, I'll take a look at Adelaide v Sydney, Gold Coast v Port Adelaide, and GWS v Geelong. On to the CBAs, Adelaide versus Sydney. Adelaide, Rory Sloan recorded a team-high 73.1 CBAs in round one. The next best was Brodie Smith and Matt Crouch at 50%. Interestingly, 
Brody Smith was ranked number one at halftime with 64.7% at the Crows. He spent the entire third quarter off the ground with an injury. Rounding off the Crows, Paul Teesman 42.3%, Brad Crouch 38.5%, while Chase Jones and Rory Atkins were each at 23.1%. Overall, the Crows used seven players at centre bounces. This did spread out the usage for several key players, most notably Brad Crouch, who was used just three times in the second half with Smith off the ground. The Crows were crushed at centre bounces 20-5 versus Sydney in round one. I'd expect some type of correction in round two. On to the Swans. Luke Parker recorded a team-high 84.6% CBAs in round one. Josh Kennedy and Ollie Florent were also used at a high rate of 76.9%. James Rowbottom was used in at 61.5% of team CBAs in round one. Overall, the Swans just used four players and were extremely efficient and effective. With game time now limited, Swans coach John Longmire did mess around with what was working so well. The Swans went in with a small forward line in round one, with no Franklin or Reed available. Isaac Heaney was effective playing forward. With Franklin returning and the forward mix changing for the Swans, Heaney could see an increase in midfield usage when footy returns. On to Gold Coast versus Port Adelaide. Gold Coast. Tuke Miller recorded a team-high 72.2% of CBAs in round one. Hugh Greenwood was used at 61.1%. Below 50%, we had Lockie Weller 44.4%, Will Brody 33.3%, David Swallow 27.8%, which was quite low, Matthew Rao 27.8%, Nick Holman 22.2%, while Darcy McPherson and Sean Lemons both at 5.6%. The Suns used a whopping nine players in at centre bounces in round one, and they were soundly beaten 12 to five at centre clearances. There were only two goals kicked in the second half, which limited total CBAs. Port Adelaide. Travis Boak recorded a team high 88.9% of CBAs in round one. Dan Houston was ranked number two at Port Adelaide, recording 83.3%. Tom Rockliffe was also used at a high rate of 72.2%. Connor Rosie at 33.3% added some genuine speed out of centre bounces. Sam Powell Pepper recorded 16.7%, while Brad Ebert was used at just 5.6%. The usage of Boak, Rockliffe, Houston and Rosie was quite solid. But when footy returns, so will Ollie Wines, which could mix up the usage for Tom Rockliffe, who could spend some time forward. It's likely Powell Pepper and Ebert will be moved away from CBAs with Wines entering the midfield rotation. GWS versus Geelong. GWS. Matt DeBall was used at a team high 87.5% of CBAs. He was matched up mostly against Patrick Dangerfield for Geelong. Jacob Hopper was also used at a high rate of 75%. Tom Green was used at 50%. But the Cats isolated him in a 2v2 centre bounce scenario with Dangerfield moving away, taking the ball with him from the centre bounce which exposed Green's inexperience. Stephen Canelio was used at 46.9%, splitting his time forward and through the midfield. Josh Kelly was used at 37.5%, he split his time out on a wing and in the middle. Toby Green was just used at one centre bounce. With the long layoff, Expect Callan Ward to re-enter the midfield rotation. That doesn't bode well for Tom Green. Additionally, throw Tim Tarando back in the mix when he's healthy 
with his shoulder at some stage of the year. Geelong. Patrick Dangerfield was used at a team-high 87.5% of CBAs. Joel Selwood was ranked number 2 at Geelong with 81.3%. Quinton Nagel was used at 56.3%. Cam Guthrie 34.4%. Mitch Duncan 34.4%. While Luke Dalhouse and Tom Atkins were at 3.1% each. The Cats spread out their CBAs over 7 players with a high concentration of Dangerfield and Selwood in Round 1. Jack Stephen and Brandon Parfit didn't play in Round 1 and will likely mix up the CBA rotations in Round 2. Those centre bounce numbers along with kick-ins and AFL Fantasy Peak performers from each of those games are now available on aflratings.com.au under Fantasy. Before I close this podcast... If you would like a chance of scoring a plus six podcast cap, just retweet any podcast link that is sent out via Twitter. We'll give a few away at the midway point of the season. On that note, we'll wrap up this podcast. Thanks for tuning in.